0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. The producer tonight is Chris Tubbs. Jonathan was not able to join us tonight, and I'm really having a great time with Chris as well. It is now 8.08, and it really is remarkable. All of the things that we have been through this year, right? I know in December we all start to look back over the year, And to see what is it that we've learned about ourselves, what we've learned about our country, what we've learned about democracy, all of that. We're going to hear a whole lot about it. So as we keep looking forward, just know, just know that we all have to pay attention. And that's what's most important. All right, our guest is ready to join us tonight. Earlier this week, Jerry Hammer announced that next spring he will step down from his role as CEO of the Minnesota State Fair. After working with the Fair for more than 50 years, Hammer will end his tenure as the longest-serving general manager in the event's 163 years. Wow, that's a lot of history. Mr. Hammer is gracious enough to let us bend his ear for a few minutes about this time, about his time and memories running the great Minnesota get-together. He joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you?
1: Oh, Gerald, I'm just fine. Thanks so much for for inviting me to spend a few minutes with you today.
2: Oh, we're honored to have you, sir. Okay, first of all, I can only imagine what it has been like you all these years, Uh, being a part, a big part of the State Fair, the general manager. I'm just wondering, what was the first thing you were thinking when you encountered it all?
1: Oh, boy. Well, we all have deep fair roots, including you.
2: That's true. That is very true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yes, yes. Well, yeah, we all, everybody has a fair story. But when you grow up next to the fairgrounds, and I grew up just a block away on, uh, on Breda, it's just, it's just a block south of Como. So the fairgrounds is like on one side, and then Como Park was on the other. It's, just a, it's a narrow little neighborhood. But with the fair, when the fair is right there, you, it just, it, it, it's a big part of your life from you, the er, very earliest memories you have. And and when that's the only thing, you know, you think that every other fair is just like that. And I, I got my first my first glimpse that it wasn't on a on a family trip uh, to the Black Hills. We drove past the South Dakota State Fairgrounds in Huron, and uh, Huron, of course, is nowhere near the size of the Twin Cities, and neither are the fairgrounds. But you know, I, I was expecting at nine years old to, to see a very similar. A place, you know, with a big grandstand and a lot of trees and buildings, and it wasn't that at all. So that that was my first little wake-up call that we have something that's very special here. And 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 it kind of worked in reverse, you know. I, I've known people that their very first trips to the state fair just bowled them over, but when when that's all that you know, you think everything is like that, and it, it took a little while for me to, for it to really catch on with me that 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 our our fair is is. So much different, and since then I've been fortunate enough to to travel around the world uh, with various uh, affair associations doing programs in Asia and UK and Australia, and uh, uh, one trip to Japan. Uh, my daughter uh, taught uh, English to middle schoolers for a couple of years, so this awesome. would have been uh, about oh eight oh nine. Uh, a, a Japanese guy, I, I had a jacket on at the Minnesota State Fair, and he asked me why we don't have a live butcher exhibit. And what was remarkable about the the, the whole discussion was not, not only did, did you know, I said, I don't know that culturally that it'd go over all that well, but I'm on the other side of the world talking to a Japanese guy who's familiar with the Minnesota State Fair. And, and the same thing happened in Australia. Uh, once again, I had a some shirt or something. I said state fair, and he said, "Oh, St. Paul." And so he not only knew the fair, but he knew he knew where it was. And I said, "Oh, you've been there?" He said, "No, but his sister was ten years before, and that when he goes to the states, he was scheduling his visit around around the state fair." So yeah, what what we have is is incredibly uh, exceptional and important, mm-hmm. and it's just such a privilege to be associated with with the fair. I mean, really, when when you when your life's work is bringing people together, uh, right. everybody. all and Let's talk about in that the, for in a this moment. Beautiful place. Oh.
2: Yeah, because your 50 years, um, your tenure, I am just blown away by the 50 years that you have served at the Minnesota State Fair. And I, I know that I watched from the, you know, 1978, I watched the demographics uh, change over these years. And I'm just curious to know, as a CEO of the Minnesota State Fair, how did your, your team come together to make that happen, to make sure that everyone felt welcome at the Minnesota State Fair?
1: Well, w- everything ultimately is built on, on relationships and and the more you seek people out to make sure that that you're, that you're including everybody then, then the more success you have. And you know, I look back to early marketing at the fair, and there weren't a whole lot of opportunities other than like buying newspaper ads, and that that's changed quite a bit. so So we've been working with some very good friends from neighborhoods everywhere. Uh, to make sure we 're doing the right things to reach people, you know we had the first billboards in Hmong language uh, that goes back oh boy, I think it's fifteen years or more you know and, yeah. and billboards in spanish, and then just reaching out to all the neighborhoods our our great friends at cam o j they bring the party, oh my gosh, and they're in and, and <laughs> when 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 we first talked to them about uh, i know it 's another radio station, but uh wow they 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 sure they, they sure do a remarkable job and when we first talked to them about being at the fair, it was the only spot we had is by the sheep barn and they said perfect uh <laughs> and it just, it just and, and you know you see people at the fair, you see everybody uh sitting down watching the show, you know dancing just and it again, it doesn't matter where they're from, what you know their age group, their ethnicity, nothing matters at the fair, whatever's going on outside is stripped away. And we're we're, at the fair. We're all just people. We're celebrating each other. We're celebrating the best of each other. We're celebrating our humanity. And that's what makes the fair so very, very special. And uh, and just making sure everybody everybody has a has a part and everybody feels welcome. So we've done what whatever we need to do with everybody just to make sure that, that they know they're welcome at the fair, too.
2: So you are about to um, end your tenure. You're going to retire as the longest-serving general manager in the event's 163-year history, as I said before. And as we look at this, most people will go, well, 50 years is a great time to just stop. But are you really ready to stop?
1: No. but <laughs> I, I don't know that anybody anybody ever is from the fair. And, and, and if you are, then, then, then you should have. But... But the the thing is I I've been in this position far longer than than I thought I I I ever would be and I know there's still a role for me but after all this time I'm I'm 68 right now and and it will be if I was to stay another year or two it would be just as difficult to leave them right. uh plus I'd be another year or two older and uh, I'm at a point now where you know, I've been to too many funerals for friends, and I've had others whose health is, you know, not all that good. And uh, I've been very fortunate in that regard. I keep knocking on wood all the time, but it's uh, it, it's the right thing to do. Uh, it's the right thing to do for, for family. It's the right thing to do for the fair.
2: So can I just say um, this to you? I thank you for overseeing $180 million in improvements and upgrades, including the West End market that helped push attendance over 2 million people. I wanna say that I thank you for opening those doors, opening those gates for everyone. I know that there have been some challenges over the years, but you helped make that possible. I want to say thank you for that. I want to say thank you for making sure that the children's, um, the the different types of, of um uh, the, the things that they were a part of, making sure that the children had plenty to do. There were rides for them. You made sure that the teenagers had their own space. I mean, you made sure that everyone could find a piece of what, who they are and piece of who, um, what, what they have contributed to the state fair. You've done that for every type of person, it seems, you know? Whether it are, there are gay couples out there or whatever it is, it seems to be more welcoming today, more welcoming today. And nearly every year I am out there, nearly every year. I don't necessarily go to all of the events. I'm usually working out there, but I have to tell you what you've done has been remarkable. And a lot of people don't know that it was you doing it. So thank you, Jerry Hammer, for everything Whoa. that you've done out there.
1: Oh, Gerald! Thank you so much. And it—it it, it is truly a cast of thousands. It takes so many people to present it, uh, and and work so hard to do to do everything that that you mentioned. But i, I am just—I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have have played a part in something that's, that that uh, means so much to people.
2: Final question, sir. What advice would you give to listeners? Someone that's listening tonight who may say, "I think I can do the general manager job." What would you say to them? What advice would you give them?
1: Very <laughs> interesting. You should ask. <laughs> last, last last summer at a at a at one of the car shows, my, my wife was standing out front of the admin building. My wife Debbie, and she she uh, some some guy knew who she was, so he he asked her. He said. Uh, he said, "Your husband's job sure sounds like fun. I, I, I think I, I think I could do it. I think I'd be, I think I'd really like that job." And she said, "No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You, you don't have a clue." <laughs> but, but the fact, that, it went, well, and with all the staff, really, you know, and I, I've heard it a lot, especially since last Monday. I can't believe it's, you know, it, it's only, it's less than a week since. You know, since I announced it, but but they say, "Oh, you guys at the fair, you all, you'll make it look so easy." So, well, that's you know, that that's good. That's a really a good compliment. But their 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 expertise is extraordinary. Uh, they really get it. They're they're super accomplished at what they do. Uh, and it, it, it's like uh, it's like if you see uh, like a, a a pro athlete. You know, it, they they make right. it look easy too. But it's not. There's an awful lot of work that goes into it and right. and for all of our staff the the all all of our staff uh, there's a lot of experience uh and and expertise that's honed over time and uh and that's what really makes makes it all go so so to the person that says, "Hey, I can do that job um maybe you can you. but <laughs> but the, well exactly you know you don't uh, uh you you don't get to play center field for the twins because you want to you know you got, right. you, got to, you got you got to work your way up you, you you need you need to work hard and and uh and do the right thing learn along the way uh and uh and and, and when you can come back with with a lot of experience then, yeah come on aboard but uh not without it
2: well, we're really excited that you have uh, chosen to go and do even more work, and we'll be uh, following you I hope to get an update in a year to see how you're doing and of course if, uh, the question people are going to ask is he going to write a book
1: <laughs> that comes up a lot and and i and there are a couple of regrets and I think they were they popped up in one of the one of the uh, news stories recently <clears throat> one is that in front of the grandstand that that uh Instead of planting real trees or these little ornamental things, you know or mm-hmm. we really need nice shade, my other regret is that I didn't start keeping just even a little notes, not even a diary uh, but long, mm-hmm. long ago, you know when i when I started way back as a fifteen year old um 'cause that 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 would make a book right there that sure would, but i, I you know maybe you never know Gerald you never you may know. be
2: surprised you may be surprised how how um strong your brain is it's amazing, I mean some say oh he's not ready to retire, you know we need him, he's not ready to retire, but you are, and I congratulate you on that. go forward and we look forward to see where you land, keep us posted,
1: oh Gerald, thank you so much, and again, thanks for the opportunity to visit with you today.
2: My pleasure, sir. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was Jerry Hammer, CEO of the Minnesota State Fair. He is retiring. And if you are interested, pay attention. Ask as many people as possible. And if you can reach him and he actually picks up the phone, ask questions on how that went. How would that go? Should it it be a young person coming in just like he was young at first? Ah, So many questions, so little time. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. And as you heard, if you heard that interview that we just had with, um, uh, Jerry Hammer, of course, he was the CEO or is still the CEO of the State Fair. Can you imagine being there for 50 years, Chris? I, I keep saying to myself, okay, he must have loved it so much. Because he had to be there for more than two weeks. I'm sure he was there probably a week ahead, maybe three weeks he had to be engaged completely with the state fair. And then, of course, there were so many people working with him. They probably start, as soon as one ends, one of the state fairs ends, it they start all over again, you know, deciding who's going to perform, reaching out to performers, reaching out to, you know, hiring people, that sort of thing. I can just imagine how complicated that must have been. But would you have ever... Gone for a job like that? No. I I mean, it just –
0: you look at it, and we can appreciate it from the outside, but just when you were talking to him and thinking about everything that he would have to manage from the staff to the acts to the vendors to the finances to I, – I mean, I could not even – The amount of anxiety and stress I would feel with a position like that, I just – I don't think I'd be built for it to be perfectly honest. Because, yeah, I mean you get done with one and immediately
2: like you're thinking about
0: what the next one is going to be.
2: I wonder if he – I should have asked if there has ever been a woman in charge of the State Fair that was the CEO of the Minnesota State Fair. Um, because I'm very curious to know how that worked out, right? <laughs> so I'm going to have to do my homework and see if we could, you know, find that out. Now, would I ever do it, Chris? I don't see why I would do it. First of all, I don't think I know enough about Minnesotans. I don't think I know enough about Minnesota, the great state that I love. Um, I don't think I know enough to become the, the general manager, the CEO of the Minnesota State Fair. That's, you know, I sing out there. I go out mm-hmm. there and perform. I I, um, I am a part of various things at, at the State Fair every year, and I am thrilled about that. But to actually think and put myself in that place, oh, my gosh, I'm a woman, a black woman at that. I don't know how that would go. <laughs> Chris, oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I think to, to me it's, it's, more
0: about like the the mindset right and I don't know what what do you feel would be the most important trait, Geraldine, that you would have to have to- Patience. Patience.
2: That would be it. Absolutely. Okay. Patience. Because you and I both know when it comes to um booking Anything, whether you're booking the guests for still talking or whether you're um, booking bands at the grandstand mm-hmm. at, at the state fair, it is a lot of work. And then there are bands that will cancel. There are things that happen, right? There are storms that may happen. There are days where maybe two days you can't go to the state fair. I mean, there's been so much over the 50 years he's been there. I could just imagine, you know, his wife is probably um, exhaling today, even though he hasn't retired <laughs> just yet. But she's probably just taking a deep breath saying, Thank goodness, you know, because all of all the challenges over the years and all of the good stuff over the years as well. So that's how I feel about it. But I would never go for a job like that. No, I, I will go and
0: enjoy it as a patron. Right. I, I don't want to smoke, as the kids would say, when it comes to actually running the event. I want nothing to do with that.
2: You know, that's something, too. Um, when it comes to the State Fair, it is rare for me to smell cigarettes when I'm there. And I know people are smoking there from time to time I've seen that. Um I'm just curious to know if they actually said hey no more smoking here at the state fair because this past year, um this past uh, fair, I really did not smell any mm-hmm. type of weed or you know nicotine nothing. I didn't smell it. So yeah, I
0: yeah, I I guess I didn't even I didn't even think about it. I just I just went out there, and as long as I could smell the, you know, the the cheese curds, and not not the one hundred thousand people that were around me, I'm okay.
2: Yeah, I wanted to take my grandchildren uh, this year, and I just thought, man, it's too crowded. Uh, when I was out there, there were areas that were open, but a whole lot of areas were not. They were just really, really, really crowded. Yeah, and so I just didn't think, you know, for a five year old and a ten year old, nope. Nope, I'd be too worried by myself. I'd have to bring a whole bunch of family (laughs) to deal with that. So, no, no, not at all. Now, coming up next, we're actually going to have a guest at 835. His name is Dr. Luigi Romolo, Minnesota State Climatologist with the Minnesota DNR. We're going to speak with him in just a moment. So stay tuned. Clouds in the... Heart and it feels like a cold night. Yes, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do, is to be here with you every Sunday night as much as I can. Um, we have a guest. Do we have our guest yet, Chris? All right. Of course, we are going to talk in a minute with a climatologist, um, with the Minnesota DNR. I have so many questions and climatologists are so integral in, um, helping spread the word on what it is that we are concerned about when it comes to the weather. What should we expect in the future? Um, so yeah, we'll be, uh, jumping into that in just a moment. I do want to say when you talk about the weather, like December, 21st i believe is the first day of winter but it feels like it's already here chris it really does uh, i you think it's yeah, yeah. days once the
0: snow like makes an appearance even if it melts and the grass is green in our front yard the very mm-hmm. fact that we had measurable snow i think to me it's like yeah winter's winter starts before december 21st let's let's <laughs> just be honest
2: But then all of a sudden, we we get, what, 54 degrees a few days ago? (laughs) It's just... I was, I was laughing about it. Usually that happens around my mother's birthday in October. But, um, I was just really surprised at the temperatures we had, um, last week. And, and then what, what happens, you know, I'm sure the snow is gonna happen and it's gonna hit us pretty hard because that's what we do in Minnesota, right? And we can handle it. But I need gloves. I have lost so many gloves. It's sad. Yes, me too. It's (laughs) terrible. Well, I, I never understood why they had the
0: little clips when you're, like putting the gloves, you know, you're putting them in your closet and whatever. I'm like, yeah, the little cl- now I get it as as, <laughs> as a young adult. I'm like, who needs that and now? You know, is me. I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I need, you know, like, give me something like that. But I mean, it's just you know, we're hardy up here, though, right? I I think we wear the harsh winters as a badge of honor. Like, yeah. you, you know, hey, w- we have a really rough winter. But I think we're I think we're proud of that, right? It's like one thing, you know, there are some places that can't claim to be the you know, the, the hardy outside people that we are. Like we know how to you know, we know how to survive in this.
2: Yeah, we are fortified, there's no doubt about it. And I love that about this state. When I first moved here and I had to plug my car in let me just pause. I had to plug my car into a socket outside, mm-hmm. you know, at an apartment building, and you just plug it in, and then your car will probably start in the morning. <laughs> you
0: know? I had to do that when I was in I had to do that in Fargo when I was going to school in North Dakota State. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And now it's like. I I get it because I, I you know I always thought it was too cool, right? It's like, oh, I don't have to plug my car <laughs> in. Come on. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah, I want to be macho and then you're like mm,
2: Yeah, I'm macho like, is to put on the right coat, the right <laughs> shoes, the right pants, boots and, and gloves and by the way, they used to call them in my hometown, they used to call them idiot gloves because it had the cord attached but it was for children so you wouldn't t- call a child an idiot, right? But then there were what? adults that were actually buying their gloves and Putting like having their wives or someone uh, crochet and, and connect the two and actually put the cord through their husband's coats. <laughs> really? <laughs> I am not kidding you, No, man.
0: that can't be real. I've never heard that. That's real. I thought I've heard of everything and seen everything when no, it comes seriously. to like winter preparation.
2: Let me tell you something. I gave my daughter. Uh, for her birthday a few years ago. I'd say probably 15 years ago. And these were like $65 gloves. And they were, you know, bragging that they're the warmest and had fox something in it. And I was like, okay, these are going to be great. She loved them. Made from, she lost one of them. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. But she, she lost one like immediately. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she and this was in boston and she never called me to say mom i lost one of my gloves i asked her one day hey how are those gloves working out she goes you know mom I, as soon as i got them i started wearing them because it was in the winter time after yeah. christmas and she never said she lost one and then finally i asked her again i said honey do you have both of your gloves she got quiet uh no mom I'm like sixty. How much? So now I'm going to the dollar store for the kids. Okay, hey, there you go. we're gonna pay one dollar for some gloves. I will get two or three pair. Put them on at the same time and go for it. As long as it go. covers the hands
0: and there's yeah. no frostbite, then yeah. she's fine. But yeah. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing though if you lose a glove, like an expensive glove. Yeah. You're like oh, so. W- when you find was were you more? Like, upset about it than she was? I mean, why do you feel she just didn't want to tell you that she lost it?
2: No, I really was not upset about it. My whole thing is once I give a gift, I give a gift. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's yours now. If you lose it, if you sell it, whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. I'm not going to get upset. If I was the idiot who decided to spend $65 on a (laughs) pair of gloves – I mean come on. I have never bought a pair of gloves for $65 for myself. And you know, and you said as it, all it needs to do is cover the hand. No, it needs to cover your wrist because if I'm wearing boots, I need my ankles covered. Oh, well, I don't yeah, know that's about true. you with Minnesota weather. Your ankles are screaming. Don't you hear it at night? They are screaming. Oh, yeah. So
0: <laughs> I I just I'm, I cannot get over the fact that she lost these
2: $65 gloves. And she didn't te- – man, that's – She didn't have to tell me. She didn't have to. You know, mothers, we have that intuition. We we can feel it. Yeah. And that's why I called her. I said, honey, how is it going with those gloves? Gloves, Are they keeping you warm? And, you know, at first she gets kind of quiet. <laughs> when they get quiet, you can forget about it. Man. that's you forget that, about it. Yeah,
0: I was going to say trying to come up with stories on the fly. Like keep asking her. But I, I – you know – yeah, you know, now now you learn. Now, now you learn.
2: Yeah, and you forgive that. I mean, oh, yeah. there are so oh, many people. Yeah. I used to carry hats and gloves for children, you know, because they're out on the corners uh, here in the neighborhood mm-hmm. waiting for the bus. And some of them don't. They lose their hats and gloves just as quickly as adults do, you know. And some people can hold on to it, but, man, I'm not one of them. I, I often, like right now, I have one glove in my car. So when I get up in the morning, it's cold outside. I put that glove on one hand, and I drive with that one hand. And then, of course, you come to a light, and you really need to use both your hands. And then you could just forget about it. Yeah.
0: So so, so what do you do with your right hand? Like when you're driving, like are you putting the other hand like in your pocket, or I mean, I
2: sit on I sit on my hand. You know, my my chair. Okay, so I have those seats in my car. I'm I'm trying. I'm
0: I'm trying to do it right now. Like I'm sitting on my hand. Okay, what, what, like, what, what hand are you doing? Because I'm, I'm trying to do this, and I look like I'm, like, tying myself into a pretzel here. But like, what, what hand are you driving with, and what hand are you sitting on?
2: My left hand. I'm sitting on. And by the way, honey, okay. you have to understand that I have blessings where I can sit on these hands. <laughs> there, I, there's plenty of women in this room, right? Oh, I just no. need you to know. So for me to sit on my hand, it's gonna get warm fast. Okay, oh, <laughs> I just gosh. need you to know. <laughs> That was not a conversation right I was expecting to have tonight. I'm I, just saying, you remember. asked. I'm uh, going to tell did, you the did. truth. Uh, I did. I'm going to tell you did, the truth. Yes. Yeah. So the right hand, I have one glove for my right hand. Okay. And it's warm, but it's not warm. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, when we start dropping down below zero, it's yeah. a whole nother day. It's a whole nother time. Do you have one of those starters for your car? I do not, know. I think I want one. But I'm not married and I'm not dating anyone right now, so nobody's going to buy me that. So I have to go see how much that would cost me for such an old car. I have a 2008 car, and I love that car.
0: Well, as long as the car's running, I I, I did it. You know, last week I actually did it. My my buddy from Sioux Falls came uh, came up for the the Vikings game because he's a big Cowboy yeah. fan. So you know, we came up here. I hadn't seen him in a while, and I had to move his car uh, out of our driveway. So he had he had this remote control and it's got like all these buttons on it. I had no idea what any of the buttons did, so I was just sitting there, like. And I'm outside, you know. He's inside, you know, talking to my wife, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, okay, this one's. Oh, I hit that one twice. Okay, that automatically started, but then I'm like, I can't start. I can't like put the car into gear. So I'm like, why can I not put the car into gear? And then I accidentally turned on the wiper, and then I had to put the key in the ignition. I'm like, oh, then I can. I'm like, that's just way above my my pay grade, like. I need to keep it as simple as I can. I drive a 2016 Hyundai, yeah. and and that's that that's good enough for me. I, I got I, bought, I got power locks and power windows and power steering, and that's you know that's good enough for me. That's I, enough. I, I feel like that's the fringe of you know really my heighty tidiness.
2: Your hoity hoity toity. I I don't have any hoity toity. Let me tell you something. Right now, my car, when I started up, is like, (laughs) you know, seriously. And I'm like, what is happening? Because I took it to a gas station and they fixed cars. And they told me it was my wheel bearing that was making noise on my right front tire. And it has gotten worse and worse. And, And I can't get an appointment because it's just filled up. So I don't drive as much. As I have been driving, I have to call my sister and go. So I need to go to the mall. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> look at you. Yeah, but no kidding, man. I'm sitting here now thinking, do I need to sell it? Should I go and get it fixed? You know, and I just dropped almost two thousand dollars on that car a few months ago. So it's like, oh, yeah, it, I it, love it, it, her. It, it, I just yeah. love that car. It,
0: well, it, it's hard because you don't want to put, like, you don't want to put, you know, bad money into a vehicle my my wife uh a couple weeks ago actually when we had that that like 3 days of of snow i mean just kind of the the constant flurries yeah. she got rear-ended actually uh sitting at a stoplight like oh, right no. and i guess what i'm saying is uh you know when we got i mean it was totally the other lady you know thankfully both of them were okay but they claimed you know responsibility and everything and we were like we we were almost worried because i think she's got a 2011 equinox we drive things till the wheels fall off i mean we don't right. trade things in and she's like well if we go get an estimate is it really going to be worth getting this cosmetic you know like bumper a little bit of a taillight she's like is it is it really worth it cuz i got to get you know she's got to get little things done with it and it's like yeah at what point do you just say i'm not going to put any more money into this vehicle
2: when I don't have any money. See, here's the thing. <laughs> no, I, but, re- I reached that point a long time ago. Yeah, you know, it's like – and you sit down and you really have to discuss it in your head, you know. I have three grandchildren, so I want to make sure – that I can do things for them as well, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and so when when they start saying, oh, it's going to cost you $3,800, you know, at that moment I'm like shaking hands immediately going, thank you, let's sell this, mm-hmm. right? Um, But I do love the car. There's no doubt. This car has been so good to me. It's a 2008 Volvo S80. Okay. 80 yeah, and it's too small for the three of my grandchildren, you know, it's two car seats and then one without a car seat. So I know that it's too small and I keep saying, "Man, do I have to give it away? Do I have to do what? What am I going to do?" So I have some nieces and nephews I could give the car to, you know, but um yeah, I just don't want to spend 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 like that.
0: I I get it. You just get to the point where you're like, "Let's let's figure out something else because You put a few thousand dollars into it, it's not going to be too much longer before something else is going to go. And then it's a few thousand dollars more and and pretty soon it it just
2: becomes a money pit. Yeah, but then I buy a used car. I haven't bought a brand new car in forever. I am the girl that buys used cars. So Mm -hmm. can you imagine getting rid of a car that you love and then all of a sudden the one you get is just horrible? Because so many people have said to me, many people that I know that have bought, bought cars last year, they were like, oh, my God, you know, so many of them are awful. And then you got to get stuff fixed. And it's crazy. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I love this car. This car has been good to me. And I've taken good care of it. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. So if you have, if you have any advice, let me know. I know we have to take a break. So everyone, will be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this hour. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. I'm so sorry we were not able to get our climatologist uh, to come on tonight. However, we hope to reach out to them to uh, Dr. Luigi Romolo soon. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, Coming up, of course, is Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment, we just believe you ought to know about it. There is so much to say and so much to talk about, so you don't want to miss it. Um, Of course, Center Stage, when we talk about the arts... we really go deep sometimes, so stay tuned, okay? Um, also, Chris, um, thank you so much for sticking with me through this whole time. And I don't know if we've done um, center stage together, but I am so looking forward to doing it with you tonight. So this will be fun. Thank yeah, you.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, you know, I know like what's coming on during center stage because yeah. I, I, you know, have a hand in helping put it together during the week, and I feel like I'm very fortunate to do that. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, to, to be in studio when you execute it, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, to see how it all comes together.
2: Yeah, I love, I love Center Stage. So stay tuned, everyone. It's coming up next, Center Stage.